Welcome to Cambridgeshire Conversation. In this conversation, we return to politics. This person joined the Labour Party after he left university. After a lengthy period of election campaigning, he became a district councillor on South Norfolk District Council. He also became an influential member of the National Labour Party, becoming the East of England representative on Labour's National Policy Forum, and becoming National Political Officer for Unison. Then this person sought a career in full-time politics, persuading the South Norfolk Labour Party to select him as their candidate for the Norfolk South constituency in the general election of 1997 and two further general elections. However, this person lost all three to the Conservatives. Then he persuaded Cambridge Labour Party to be their candidate for the 2010 general election for the Cambridge constituency. However, he lost that one to the Liberal Democrat, Julian Huppert. He again persuaded the Cambridge Labour Party to get again adopt him as their candidate for the 2015 general election, and this time with success. And yes, you've guessed it. It's your active Cambridge parliamentarian, Daniel Zeichner. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Steve. Very good to be with you. Okay. First of all, is this the very first podcast you've ever recorded? Um, I think I've done one or two others with people in the past, but I've been really looking forward to doing this one with you. (laughs) That's good. So first of all, what motivated you to join the Labour Party and then later in life become a Member of Parliament? Well, that's a long story, Steve, but let, let me cut it very short to say that um, when I left university um, in 1979, and that was at, here in Cambridge, uh, Margaret Thatcher had just about been elected. And it didn't take very long for me to, to work out that I didn't like what was going on. So one thing Margaret Thatcher did achieve was she inspired me to join the Labour Party. Um, it was a long road to Parliament, and it, I certainly didn't in, expect when I joined the party that I would end up having the privilege of being in Parliament. But once you get involved... It's funny how these things have a habit of um, of uh, emerging before you. You quickly get um, asked to be a, a council candidate. I think many Labour members have experienced that. And once you've been a council candidate, I was lucky enough to win a few times. You begin to get a taste for going further. It took me many, many attempts, 20 years of trying. But what a privilege it is to represent Cambridge in Parliament. Um, well, we all have family. I mean, uh, uh, parliamentarians and councillors have a lot of time to do with all their all their political stuff. And um, I've interviewed, interviewed my older brother, who tends to, who t- um, talked about family issues. Um, and I asked him if he was su- well supported, and he said yes. You know, he felt supported, but no one really made any comments. Do you feel you're supported within your family uh, about what you do for your regular job, if you understand what I mean? Yeah, I think it's very tough on people, actually, and a lot of people's family life suffers. I mean, I've been very lucky. Um, My partner 
um, but she's been a, a lifelong Labour Party member. She was a part, party member before me, um, and she understands what politics is like. But I have to say it's pretty selfish, and life revolves around me, my calendar, my diary, what I'm doing, and that's not for everybody. So I, I think it's something which perhaps people don't always understand, just what a, a complete commitment it is. Um, it's tough on councillors too, because I remember endless evening meals interrupted when the phone would ring and it would be a constituent phoning up about some issue or another. And I could see that Budge would rather I'd left it till later. But quite often, um, I just feel duty bound to pick up the phone. And of course, that would often lead to a 40 minute conversation and yet another evening ruined from Budge's perspective. So this is quite hard. And I think we, we, expect an awful lot from our public representatives. I don't think most people have got much idea about the sacrifice involved. And certainly, of course, um, outside parliamentarians, um, with the exception of parliamentarians, rather, um, there's very little financial compensation at all. I mean, um, as you know, I know a lot of county councillors and district councillors, and they have some relevance so told me the same things. You know, it's a commitment, and you have to understand that there is a balance mm. You know, and there's a hard, it's hard work, and um, <laughs> and my older brother is also um, a, an ex county councillor who's found very much um, hard work. You know, and um, I mean, time commitment, uh, parliamentarian is actually a full time job. Uh, do do you get stressed in the job? I mean, you know, do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I think most people's view is yes, it is pretty stressful. Um, I'm probably old enough and experienced enough to be slightly more sanguine about it, perhaps than some of my colleagues. People tell me they, they think I'm sometimes supernaturally calm. It doesn't always feel like that. Um, I think you have to try and be as calm as you can. But of course, it's stressful, not least because a lot of the time, sadly, um, people are trying to catch you out. A lot of the time, people are being critical. Um, that is in the nature of it. I guess if you, you know, if you really, really don't like that kind of thing, probably it's best not to do it. Um, I think, as I've already hinted, it's a huge privilege representing, particularly a city like Cambridge, huge represent, uh, privilege representing the Labour Party. And um, there are so many people who would love to be a Member of Parliament. And I can tell you, it is a fantastic life, fantastic job. But yes, it is stressful. Um, and there are times when it's particularly difficult. Um, I... I I remember some of the, the difficult votes, particularly when it's a matter of um, of life and death in some cases, if you're voting on whether the country should take part in, in armed conflict, for instance, which is rare, fortunately, but when it does happen, um, these are very, very hard choices that you're having to make. And you have to live with those decisions for a long time in the future. And I know that some of my colleagues still looking back, um, I'm thinking of things like the Iraq war, where people voted hand on heart, believing what they had been told, and later, of course, finding that it wasn't quite perhaps the way it had been presented at the time. And I think still to this day um, are unhappy about the position that they found themselves in. But that is, um, that is something you, you, have to, you have to live with, but it's hard. 
Well, I watch because most people um, are encouraged to watch um, Parliament Parliament TV, which is on the, on the Sky Channel. And um, sometimes, do you get frustrated with the vote because you know what's going on within your constituency, with what's going on, you know, within the outside of that? And um, do you get frustrated with the with the government because you are an opposition MP at the present moment? Look, Steve, I get more than frustrated with the government. <laughs> I'm I am generally enraged by the government. I'm particularly enraged by the current prime minister, who, in my view, um, is unfit for any kind of public office, let alone the top public office. Um, so, yes, it is frustrating. And my entire time in Parliament, um, Labour clearly has been in opposition. Um, and it means that you, you do feel there's a kind of, you're, you're almost banging your head against a brick wall. I mean, having said that, um, it is possible sometimes to get the government to change its mind on things. Um, it is possible to get um, wins here and there, and it is possible to speak up for people, um, which is worthwhile in itself. But in the end, the crucial thing in politics is to is to have power and to exercise that for good. And that's what I'm absolutely determined. That's why I'm there. So while it's great to represent Cambridge in, in Parliament, um, I want to be representing Cambridge in Parliament with a Labour government. And that's where all my attention is focused over the next couple of years. Excellent. Um, what is your number one policy, one that you felt that is what you brought to be uh, becoming in Parliament? Uh, has it been, have you actually uh, resolved it, or do you think it's still a work in progress? Huh. Well, in the end, I mean, I, 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 I'm Labour and I'm a socialist, and for me, social justice is the key driving force. It was it was what made me so angry about Margaret Thatcher. I felt the way she was treating people um, was totally unjust. And I think we still have a very divided country. So to say it would be work in progress would be, an, would be <laughs> to put it mildly, um, we can see it here in our own city in Cambridge, huge division, sadly, between a lot of people who have a very, very nice life in Cambridge, and I'd include myself amongst, so, amongst that group. Um, but actually, um, when we've still got people who are um, and now more than ever facing uh, such real hardship with the kind of price rises we're seeing. Um, that divide is something which, which shames the entire country, in my view. So it's more than work in progress. There's a huge amount to be done. Seeing that I actually go, because this podcast recording is my part-time job, uh, I do a full-time job in Cambridge. Um, uh, there is a lot of congestion in there, and that's an MP representing that. Um, the city council a few years ago became uh, done a city deal with the government, and South Cambridgeshire came in after that, and they called themselves as the Greater Cambridge Partnership on short GCP. Do you think? Do you agree with the current plans for the GCP? Uh, even though you know that people outside the area or the footprint is going to be quite dramatically affected by those uh, those plans? Well, I think those plans are not yet fully developed. Um, I do support the GCP. I think in principle, um, having the, uh, the the local councils effectively working together is vital. But I think at the moment our, our governance structures are a bit of a mess. So I'm, I'm perfectly happy that we've got something like the Greater Cambridge Partnership. In terms of congestion charging, I'm very, very clear. I will not support it until we've got a good, reliable, affordable public transport system in place. 
and we are miles off that at the moment. So that's a challenge I've laid down to them. Um, they understand that, uh, and that's the challenge. But you're right, we can't be um, expecting people from outside the city to bear lots of extra costs if there isn't a viable alternative. The reason the congestion charge works in London is because you can get a bus on a 10-minute frequency for £1.65, which will get you across the entire city. Now, in Cambridge, you won't get very far for £1.65 on a bus, possibly one stop, and you might have to wait half an hour for the bus. That's the difference. Yeah. Are you working very, very much with the new mayor of Cambridge and Peterborough uh, in solving these issues, or are you are you sort of not talking to each other, or is it sort of passing by, or are you really, really, sort of really... Dr. Dr. Nick is a very, very good friend of mine, and we work closely. I mean, the problem he's got is that really compared to other places like Manchester, um, where they've got much more power, um, the the, the mayoralty in Cambridge and Peterborough hasn't got anything like the powers it would need to make these kind of transformations. And frankly, um, I think it will need a Labour government to actually make the kind of shift which would allow the kind of public transport system um, that, that I'm envisioning to happen. But in the meantime, we've got to work with what we've got. And I think Dr Nick inherited a, a real mess with the combined authority, the way it had been set up, and the some of the really quite um, bizarre positions it had taken under the previous mayor. So he's had a lot to sort out. And uh, as I say, frankly, to get the kind of transport system we need to, to get Cambridge working, I suspect we'll probably need a Labour government. I'm not sure it's going to be very easy to do with the current one, but we must do everything we can in the meantime. You wish that MPs were included in the combined authority or not, or do you think it's a sort of thing that should be sorted out by the other councils, if you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. I mean, personally, um, I, I think we need the regional structures back, which Labour had in place before 2010, which were then destroyed by the Conservatives and the Liberal Democrats. Um, so if it was down to me, I'd like to see a regional structure. And I think um, there could well be a role for MPs at that level. Um, and I chair an all-party an all parliamentary group for the East of England, um, which tries to do a little bit in terms of filling in some of those gaps. I think at a local level, um, it, would make, it makes more sense for it to be locally elected representatives. Yeah, thank you. Um... As an, as an opposition MP, you're a Labour MP, but put yourself in the Conservative booth, if you were a Conservative MP, would you be very happy with the current leadership? You did say something about the current leadership is not really good, but do you think if you were an opposition, uh, the government MP, would you still back him? I think a lot of them are profoundly embarrassed by Johnson. Um, I think their problem is they're not entirely sure um, who would replace him. Um, and they still have a hunch that he has cut through the public in a way that a lot of other politicians or very few politicians have, and they're probably right about that. Having said that, I've never been entirely convinced that he's the, um, the trump card, so to speak, that, that some people think he is. They say he's got a good electoral record. Well, frankly, um, in a way, he's been fortunate with his opponents in terms of where they've been in terms of their careers. Uh, Ken Livingstone was a very popular mayor for London for a while. Um, but then in, in the latter years, I'm afraid for a variety of reasons, his popularity fell away. And that's when Johnson beat him. 
And in a way, it was similar with Jeremy Corbyn. I mean, in the 2017 election, Jeremy did fantastically well. Um, but by 2019, I'm afraid again, um, for a whole series of reasons, it had become much more difficult. So when Johnson kind of brags about the 2019 election win, it was against a, a Labour leader who, who was, was not in the same position as he'd been a couple of years before, and on the back of a very divisive Brexit vote. Those, those positions don't hold sway now. And um, I think that if it was a straight contest tomorrow between Johnson and, and Keir Starmer, I think Keir Starmer would um, absolutely win by, a, by quite a margin, frankly. Yeah. So I think that the Conservative MPs need to think hard. I think actually they also need to think hard about the, the integrity of their own party. Uh, he has, he's, he, he's not fit for office. Uh, he prorogued Parliament illegally. He expelled some of the most senior people in his party. I mean, for goodness sake, you know, Winston Churchill's grandson, Ken Clark, Philip Hammond. He threw all those people out just to try and batter his way through to the top. Um, that is not a way to behave. And then, of course, we've had the disgusting partying while the rest of the country was obeying the rules. Uh, they ought to do the decent thing and get rid of him without having a further calculation about what effect it has on, on their prospects. But my guess is they won't. Seeing that this podcast is going to be broadcasted, what do you think about the current Labour leadership of Sir Keir Starmer as an MP? I think he's doing a good job. I mean, it, the 2019 election result was really, really disappointing for us. Um, I already said, you know, that 2017 there was huge huge enthusiasm and nearly, very nearly, a Labour win. But it, it had, all that enthusiasm, I'm afraid, had dissipated by 2019, partly because of Brexit. And the Labour Party, you know, was really reduced back to a, a level we hadn't seen really since 1983. Um, so a, a bad, a difficult position for, for Keir to take over. I think he's done many of the right things. I think he's steadied the ship. I think he's re-established Labour's position as being uh, coherent and sensible on the economy. It's it's a difficult thing because a lot of Labour supporters loved the ambition and the and the and, and the kind of the goals that Jeremy had set. But what we couldn't do was convince the broad mainstream of the country that it was achievable. And you have to listen to what people say. They didn't believe it. So that was the thing that Keir really had to address. And I think he. Um, first of all, Annalise Dodds and now Rachel Reeves have done that, shows in the opinion polling at the moment, which shows that Labour is now more trusted with the economy, which is a big, big step forward for Labour. And I think we can only win when we are in that position. So he set a lot of the groundwork, but no one should underestimate how hard this is. Um, a five year term, which it probably will be, is a long, long time. And uh, the, the COVID period was very difficult for an opposition leader, as is a war period with what's happening in Ukraine. So Keir's had a tough time in terms of the political backdrop, but I think he's got the Labour Party in a good position now, and I think we should have every expectation of going to the next general election and doing very well. I've always so, said to many Labour members that it's not not what you believe in, is what the people in general public vote, you know, put the cross in the ballot box. Yeah. And the votes go in. That's the important thing. Now. And the Labour Party message really has to cut through to those people uh, who put the ballot 
ballot papers through the box. So it is. It, would you would you like to be leader of the Labour Party? <laughs> oh, I don't think. I think it's a very hypothetical question, Steve. But it's it's a very very difficult job, very hard job, and um, uh, I, I think anyone who's anyone who's involved in politics would always like to go as far as they possibly can, of course, um, and. I, w- I would love to go further still, but I'm very happy being a shadow environment minister. And it's, a, it's again, it's a huge privilege to be doing that job. Uh, and I don't envy Keir the, st- the task, really. And I'm very, very pleased that he's doing it. That's great. <laughs> um, in the future, of course, every election you have to come up to a point where you have to stand for re-election against other candidates. Do you hope to be re- re-elected for quite a long while yet? Or... Do you understand that at some point? No, I'm. I, I want to go on. I want to get into government. Um, I've not finished by any means. I've, I've only started, as far as I'm concerned. As I said uh, earlier, the point is to is to win and to use power and to use it for good. So uh, I'm absolutely focused on the next election. I very much hope that um, I can I stay in the post that I'm in and go into government and put into effect some of the the, the 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 thoughts and ideas that we've been working with other people on. Um, so yeah, I was delighted to be reselected by the Cambridge Labour Party a few months ago. Um, so whenever the next election comes, I'm ready and raring to go. Um, one of the things that uh, come to my mind, because you are, do you travel to and from Westminster by train? Yeah. It's just that when you get home from Westminster each every every week, uh, do you put your case down? Do you make a cup of tea, sit on the couch, undo your shoes and twinkle your toes? Or do you have a cup of tea and help your partner in creating the meal? Or do you sit down, uh, have a cup of tea or and take your shoes on and just have a bit of a lie back? Well... Generally, uh, Thursday evenings are quite busy, and that's generally the pattern, because Parliament generally doesn't sit on a Friday. So Thursday evening will often be um, come in and pretty quickly go out again. Uh, when, the, when, when it's on, we tend to go to the concerts at Kettle's Yards on Thursday night, which is one of my um, two regular things I do during the week. Um, I've always said to my team, make sure that you keep Thursday evening free and Saturday afternoon free when Cambridge United are playing at home. So um, in answer to the wider question, do I, do I cook the meal? I'm ashamed to say that generally we have a division of labour in the house whereby I, I do the politics and um, organise the, the social events and stuff. And I'm, I'm ashamed to say that by and large, um, Budge does the cooking. But um, certainly during the week when I'm in Westminster, I'm quite happy to, to make stuff for myself. Well, I, I forgot you were a Cambridge United um, uh, uh, supporter. Do you actually go to the away, or sometimes try to go to the away games, or just home games? No, I'm, I'm very much a I'm very much a home fan. I'm afraid. Um, I, I, I've been to Wembley a couple of times when um, uh, there was the trophy final and the and of course the promotion playoff a few years ago, um, but. There is there is a time issue, I have to say, and clearly as a as a campaigning politician, you have to make sure you've got time to do the canvassing. And as a shadow minister, I'm expected to help with campaigning in other parts of the country too. 
So it's, it's, it's all about juggling time. It's a very, there's so many things you want to do um, that it, it's quite hard by and pretty insistent. But there are occasions, I'm afraid, when I do have to miss um, home games. Uh, the ones during the week are more tricky because often there are votes, um, although I will be there on Tuesday um, because we've got a little break and just in a run up to Easter. Um, and most Saturdays I make it. And I love it. I think, see, uh, I think Cambridge United is uh, a, a brilliant example of a small club that has done really, really well in recent seasons. And there's a really lovely atmosphere there. It's small enough ground, beautiful. It's intimate. You're close to the pitch. And, OK, we might not have quite the quality of the, of the top um, players at the very top of the Premier League, who are amazing, but it's 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 the true English game, I would say, and it brings passion and excitement, and it's particularly good when Cambridge United have a decent season, and I think we've had a more than creditable season this year, and it looks like um, we're going to um, hopefully possibly finish in the top half of the table, which very few people would have predicted at the beginning of the season. I forgot that you have time to relax and do sort of leisure activities between the time you have finished your um, office work and parliament work. Do you have time, a little bit of leisure time? I think that's one of my big weaknesses, actually, Steve. I think a lot of people struggle to switch off. So um, in theory, the answer is yes, there ought to be a bit of time. But I do find that the stuff that's, that's going on tends to preoccupy me. So um, I will often be, um, be, be found reading through possibly one of the, uh, the newspapers or journals relevant, relevant to my brief or looking at some um, official documents when, in fact, um, I don't think that, that probably really counts as relaxation. <laughs> no, because um, I was thinking about reading the paper, watching a little bit of TV. And, I, do, uh, I do watch a bit of TV and I think, I think that you, you you have to do some of that just to switch off a bit. Uh, the one of the leisure activities I take part in is go to the local gym and have a little bit of workout, a little bit of time off from going what's going Good on. Good for you. Good for you. And, and work. Um, so, uh, does it take long to get to London? Well, I don't think it takes long to get London, but. What time in the, do you set off in the evening or do you set off in the morning and then get to Westminster? Well, you know, this is not a problem with the modern age, isn't it? Um, I mean, as soon as I'm on the train, um, the iPad's out and I'm answering emails or looking at stuff. So even um, on the train, it's, it's all work time, effectively, which is good use of time. It's effective. But again, um, like most people in the modern world, I don't think you get much time switched off. Um, the, the parliamentary week's quite odd. Because people have to come from a long, long way. I mean, if you're coming from, from Cornwall or the north of Scotland, you can't start at nine o'clock on a Monday morning, setting off, you know, uh, at seven o'clock. Um, so Parliament doesn't start till 2.30 on a Monday, which sometimes means I can do visits and stuff to places Monday morning before Parliament starts. And similarly on a Thursday, um, uh, it tend, there tends to be less pressing business Thursday afternoons. Uh, yesterday I was actually doing a debate which started at three o'clock, so that made timings a bit more difficult. But uh, it's very, very full on um, during the rest during the rest of that time. Mondays sometimes um, will often go on till ten thirty at night. Um, sometimes recently we've had boats which have gone on to one o'clock in the morning. So from that Monday to Thursday, it's pretty pressured and pretty pretty full speed. 
which is which is great because um it's exciting uh, i love being there i love westminster it's um it, it, it's an it's an amazing thing to be part of but you are each day i mean tuesday wednesday um often i'll be in before eight o'clock in the morning and won't leave the place till 11 o'clock at night so when you finish this podcast will you be putting your feet up <laughs> Uh, astonishingly enough, Steve, no, I won't. I'll be talking to um, uh, some of my colleagues on the county council. And then, of course, it's election time of the year. I shall be out canvassing. Good. Excellent. Well, all I can say is extremely thank you very much for taking part. And Pleasure. I will be sending you the edited version for your thing. But otherwise, thank you very, very much for taking part in this podcast. It's a pleasure. Lovely to speak to you, Stephen. Thank you for all the work that you do. And so, I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you did, then please click follow to be notified of further shows. Goodbye. was produced by Streamstrike Media Broadcasting for and on behalf of Fallowfields Media Communication.